Real Estate Radio, Byron Lazine, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, along with Pat Kenny from Barnum Plans. PK, different world as we left it off in Mohegan Sun last week. Things have changed a bit. We had some some headlines the last couple of days, huh? Holy cow. A few headlines. They all look gross in the same. Yeah, yeah it's kind of uh, more it's scary. Yeah, and, and yeah, depending on, on who and where you are in the world, a little, little frightening. Definitely uh, some, some tough toughness out there for some people. I was asked the question on Instagram. Somebody DM'd me, said, do you think this is going to hurt housing? Talk, talking about the war. You know, everyone's worried about like the gas prices and housing and stock market and there's people over there dying, so that you know. Yeah, it kind of seems like the wrong focus. A bit. Yeah. Like, hey, man, am I going to get a better mortgage rate? <laughs> why are Why are you uh, asking me this right now? But I do understand. You know, people just have questions, right? And uh, you know, I think we'll talk about a little bit of that, the impact on what we see. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, it's super traumatic. So it's uh, you know, I want to state that first. This is. No, we're not being impacted here in the U.S., but a lot of people know people or, you know, uh, a lot of people are being impacted. Obviously, it's totally craziness. Mm. Yeah. If you if you woke up and, uh, you know, you're here and you started making like World War Three jokes, you're kind of the worst kind of person. Like yeah. this is not really <laughs> not to, not to, so I think to, to throw that out there, not the forum for that. And uh, definitely not not what's going to happen here. That's for sure. No, but we do talk about. The economy, and so we'll get into some of those, uh, you know, questions that people have. My initial reaction to the person asking me about housing here in America was, no, there's, you know, other things that we've talked about on the show that are impacting housing mm. coming up, and you know, right now, you know, the market is still going up, and uh, inventory and interest rates would be the impact that I would see where house prices start going down. I do see that coming at some point in the future. There's not going to be any immediate impact on housing. Actually, it looks like, I mean, the 10-year dropped a little bit this week. So if anything, the interest rate may, there's going to be volatility around the interest rate. The interest rate may go down a little bit in the short term for 30-year fixed mortgages. So that would certainly not hurt. I was surprised, Pat, that your world stocks seem to do pretty good. Maybe all this kind of stuff's priced in, but I don't know, did way better than... I would have anticipated. Yeah, I think some of it has to. So we've talked about this on more than one occasion. You know, we talked about it in March of 2020, which seems so long ago now, but you know, two years ago at this point. And the the biggest impact on things, especially when it's when it's overseas on the market, is is really is uncertainty, right? So like the whole time of this posturing and and is it going to happen? What's going to happen? Are they going to do it? What scale are they going to do it? That is way more unnerving for for a stock market. Then when something happens, almost irrelevant of the scale of the event, right? I mean, what happened was was horrendous and is ongoing and is terrible. But it happened, and now we understand what's going on and what they are. And the markets have a chance to react now because now they can do the math on, all right, so if we put economic sanctions on and then that's going to impact – uh, you know, their ability to trade and if they shut off oil supplies, it's going to impact Western Europe and, and they can start to do the math on those things. And, and what they did in the first couple of days, obviously, as we saw from, uh, the low, the day of the attack was down 859 points at the bottom of the market that day. And we finished up 96 points. It's basically a thousand point swing in the course of 930 to four. And then we finished up 850 points, the best day since November of 2020 on Friday. 
Yeah, I so, saw that. The best day since the end November of 2020, 2020, which was crazy. Which was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's, it's trying, it's, it's understanding, you know, I think we were, so two things, right? Number one, the U.S. was obviously, and, and the rest of NATO and the U.N. has been threatening sanctions. The first round of sanctions hasn't been nearly as traumatic and as impactful as they could be, right? We didn't really go full loaded for bear, which means that there's still room to run and, and try to help offset a little more. I mean, if you watch anything that's happening, you know, the Ukrainian president was, uh, the U.S. offered to, to airlift him and his cabinet and his family. And, and he said, I don't need a ride. He goes, I need ammunition. Um, because he's not, he has no plans on leaving, right? So that's, that's a whole different factor. So I understand kind of what's going to happen if there's a shift in power in the Ukraine. Yeah, that's going to have a, a different impact. But right now, economically, right, which is unfortunately how the market has to look at it, it doesn't look at the people. It looks at, you know, the, the math behind it and energy prices. I mean, you saw gas prices spike, right? Uh, on Thursday, oil jumped over $100 a barrel. We haven't seen that in a while. Uh, California is averaging $5 a gallon already, which we talked about, I think, the week before that was possibly going to happen. And Europe's going to struggle a little bit with energy supplies. And, and that's really what economically is, is having a big impact. And we haven't thrown them out of SWIFT yet, the Russians. So SWIFT is a program. It's like a secure, it's like a, I don't know, like the Snapchat of banking, where it's a secure end-to-end uh, system, not, not to actually move money, but to, to say, hey, Byron, uh, I need, you know, Bank of Ukraine needs $100 million and those kind of things. And we haven't removed them from that system yet. So when when we do that, the problem is it's like it, you take all of Europe out of it at that point, and that's going to have problems for you know France, Germany, Spain, and, and the rest of Europe. So there's definitely a lot more moving parts. They, but I think they get removed if, if it's kind of it, basically the system kind of shuts down. It's not really like you're you're like removing a profile. You're you're kind of basically locking out an entire section and, and what happens yeah. is there's fallout from that. And it's been around for for years and you know they send something like 11,000 trans- like 11,000 messages a day get transmitted through Swift across Europe and the United States. That's a big problem if we have to shut that system down, right? Imagine like if your phone didn't send text messages anymore. Oh, it game over. Like problem. Yeah, real problem. And that's and that's one of the things, right? If if we start to do that there's more fallout, but because all of those things still exist, you know, the first day's reaction was shock. I mean, we talked about that a hundred times in different scenarios, right? The first, you know, the first two to three days or something. I mean, how many headlines have we talked about on the show in the last five years? There's always a headline scare somewhere. Yeah. But once you start to look at, you know, a little more of it, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, dehumanize it because if you're living anywhere over there, if you have family over there, I can't imagine how scary this is. But the economy, you know, and, and the markets, that's not what they pay attention to. Not yet. Right. So, you know, it was definitely a weird 48 hours in the market to end the week. This one's going to suck because, you know, cell phones are such an easy thing to capture stuff. So you're already seeing all kinds of crazy video coming oh, out yeah. of there. The president, just, I mean, you're Ukraine, seeing, he's all over Twitter too, man. He's, yeah. Well, and you're seeing like a lot of, like a lot of cyber attacks. That's the next concern now too, right? Is, is like Russian cyber attacks. They're shutting down, you know, all these like, um, these frontline, not like freelance journalists, but like, you know, people who are reporting on Twitter and on whatever social media platforms they can, their accounts are being shut down, you know, like in Twitter is, has said, Hey, listen, sorry, it was human error. And it's like, was it like, it feels like it was hacked. Like, why would you, like, you know, you have 15 journalists, all Ukrainian and all of their accounts get shut down. Like, mm. that seems a little weird, um, you know, for being false reporting. And, and so there's, there's, you know, there's, yeah, you know, the whole cell phone thing you just said. There's a lot of other stuff out there that's going to happen that could be, you know, on the cyber side of things. It's going to make this really hard to see what's going on. Yeah, uh, not good stuff. And 
and maybe it's all priced into the market. I don't know, Pat. Mm. I think it's like a day by day thing. Certainly, we're going to be in a volatile situation throughout the remainder of this year. It looks like anyway. You know, I've said that when it when we're looking at mortgage interest rates, it's definitely going to be volatile. Stock market seems like a weird place to be. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we'll, we'll we'll touch on some more housing stuff when we come back. But yeah, not good stuff, not great stuff. We'll turn the energy around, though, Pat. We come back. We got a we got a poll we can talk about too, don't we? I think we do. I think so. We like we, yeah. We can change the topic into something a little lighter here. When we come back. <laughs> Real Estate Radio, stay with us. 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. Joe the Gutter Guy says the sun is... State Radio, Byron Lazine, the one team, William Ravis Real Estate, along with Pat Kenny, Barnum Plans. Stressful times, folks. Really stressful times, uncertain times, volatile times. We've got a poll about every state's biggest stressor, according to Matt Surley, who does a bunch of these Instagram polls with his following, large following, so big sample sizes. This was obviously done before. All of this nonsense happened in the last week. So this is the stressors from a few weeks ago. This was uh what the end the the fifteenth the day after Valentine's Day. Yeah, February fifth as of February fifteenth. Maybe maybe he would include a different category. But here's the the categories for every state's biggest stressor, and Connecticut's will shock you. <laughs> the stressors are work, money. COVID slash COVID implications. So COVID and or COVID implications is a category. Family, relationships, and weather. Okay, so those are the six categories. Work, money, COVID slash COVID implications, family, relationships, and weather. So... I gotta say um, one of the one of the COVID states shocks me. By the way, that one of the states that has COVID listed, yeah, uh, it's fairly large and fairly yellow on this on this visual. Uh, and it's like I didn't think they were worried about it at all. I was unaware that most of them acknowledged that it existed. To be totally fair, and I was like, wow, all right, not not, not the concern. I don't know what the ex- concern would have been in my mind. Maybe like uh, I don't know, like wild buffalo attacks. I don't really, I don't really know what I thought would have been. The correct concern there, but nonetheless, well, that was Texas. So Texas was one of only five states, according to this survey, that had COVID slash COVID implications as the state's biggest stressor. I do need to clarify, by the way, because this is important for all of our listeners, especially ones that have listened for a while. Uh, while we do enjoy Matt Shirley a lot because we do use this, obviously, number one, he's not like he's an Instagram journalist kind of it's a f- yeah. it's more fun it's designed to be fun right so first of all it's fun relax i'm gonna take a deep breath and number two the entire study is completely invalid because it includes dc as always any study that includes washington dc in the states the list of states is immediately null and void but i i do think <laughs> because this was an instagram poll so people from this is real states, these are real answers i think more so yeah, than you know like, answers from, you know from instagram obviously but 
I just saw Connecticut shocked us. The the states that or the category that had the most states filled in is the work category. So Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Alabama, they're all in on work. Tennessee, Maine, Vermont. Yeah, Ver- yeah Vermont, New Hampshire, Hampshire, Maine, and then Rhode Island. New York, just- Rhode Island, Pennsylvania. Lots of states were under the work category as their biggest stressor. So that makes sense. Last couple of years, hmm. you know, works. If you can't work from home and you can't work, that could be a big stress. A lot of people, 2020, lost their job. So I could see that one. Yeah, it works different for people now, even if they stayed working that last two years, right? Like work, yeah, maybe expectation changed. I'm okay. I'm okay with work. I like work. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that makes sense. Work being the biggest category selected. Weather was only selected by a few, uh, five, five states. Yeah, I mean, All, to be fair, though, it's, you know, Washington, Montana, yeah. North Dakota, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin. Like, yeah, okay. I would worry about the weather in those states, too. They're all bordering Canada, so I totally get it. Totally get it. Uh, so there you go. Those are those are three of the categories. COVID, work, weather. Um, family was only in, what, two states, it looks like? So not a lot of stress about family. Yeah. Only one. One for relationships. One for relationships. And of all states. Because the slogan. Yeah. On all the t-shirts. Virginia's for lovers. Virginia's for lovers. But they are stressed about their relationships. Maybe there's just so many lovers in Virginia that they're always thinking about it, Pat. Too much pressure. They're stressed out about it. Yeah, we've put the relationships on a pedestal. It's not good. So that leaves Connecticut in... One of the states that is stressed about money. I was, maybe you weren't shocked about it, because I guess you can think about this two different ways, Pat. I was shocked that Connecticut's biggest stress is money. You know? I don't know if you're if we're raising our hands. Jill's lurking on the <laughs> show here. Welcome Jill back to the, to the radio show. Go, go ahead, Jill. I, I feel like just from your radio show alone is what increased the uh, ranking on money in Connecticut on this poll. Your show for the past four years, I just brought it up at the beginning, trying to like figure out a way to make Connecticut more money and not have to tax. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it, it yeah. makes sense in that point. But Connecticut per person is like one of the highest. It's like one of the highest two or three, if not the highest per person income. But so I guess it's a, like, it's a little dated because I looked at this for somebody asked me a question about this. So I, I ended up actually looking at this um, Connecticut to be in the top 1% earners in Connecticut. Uh, the average income is 820. I'm sorry. The minimum income to be in the top 1% is 827,194 dollars. That's what puts you in the 1% earners in Connecticut. That's the highest in the country. Mm-hmm. So that's the highest benchmark to get there. The average income, and this was as of 21, of the top 1% is north of 3 million, also the highest in the country. And the average income of all tax filers is 113,570, also the highest in the entire country. But there is, and I think Ray Dalio talks about this a lot, there's a, a wide gap between the haves and the have-nots in yeah. Connecticut. So, so Connecticut's one of those states. So I could see, I could see now 
thinking it through, not just going off a reaction, that this makes a lot of sense because of, you know, if you are in the have not category in Connecticut, I could definitely see you hitting the, the money. California, by the way, same. California is one of the states that selected money. Another extremely high taxed state, uh, Jersey, in on the money. So it does. It's starting to make more sense to me now. And then just to throw things in, just for for fun, uh, apparently Mississippians are also very concerned about money because that's down there. While everybody else is worried about work around them, Mississippi is really concerned about about the about the money situation. So is New Mexico and Oklahoma. Yeah, Alaska too. Alaska and Hawaii. Well, I mean that. To be fair, Alaska and that Hawaii. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Hawaii just so expensive. I mean, just and not because of taxes, just because everything has to be flown in from everywhere else. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of in Alaska. There's not a lot of population to sell product to. You know, whatever you're doing. Very true. I, I looked really quick because I was curious. I, I didn't see the median, but so just to give you some sense, the difference from the one percent in Connecticut to the five percent to still be in the top five percent goes from 897 to 312,000. So like that gap, that top 1%, I mean, that's such a high threshold. And I think the median I thought was somewhere in the 40s, if I remember correctly. And I was just focused on that. I think those top line numbers of, of Connecticut being at the top of, of income. But when you think about the entire state, the whole landscape, uh, how much we're, you know, we're being taxed in Connecticut makes a lot of sense that this is one of the Massachusetts as well, by the way, uh, is on this list for money being the biggest stressor. So, and I bet you there'd be more States that would be in this category money at some point this year as, as we continue to go through all this volatility. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, and inflation. Yeah, exactly. As things start to just cost, you know, more and more, I mean, we talked about this before, right? Wages wages have increased in 21 over 2020 faster than they had in the previous 40 years, but then inflation came back and smacked all that back down again. So that the the, the wage increase is now offset entirely, almost almost entirely by by inflation. It's just uh yeah, it's not good. It's not good, man. When move to Virginia, the, the biggest concern is you've got no stress around work. What would you pick Pat here on on this list for you personally? What would you? What are you? What would you have gone? Uh, I mean, self-imposed. I create a lot of stress around my work, like you know, for myself. It's not that my work stresses me, but um, I got. To, I, I don't. I don't say I'm stress-free. I don't know. Probably work. Maybe money. I don't know. Yeah, work life just. Is, pre- yeah, because you're mean, so involved that this that stresses. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, like, I certainly don't have, I mean, what can I, I mean, come on, let's be serious. I live in South Florida. What can I complain about the weather? I yeah, mean, not complain about the weather. Not at all. Nobody likes me, so I have no relationships to complain about. That's an easy one. It's super simple. Um, my family's 1,400 miles away, so that's pretty solid. It's fairly low stress. COVID doesn't <laughs> exist in South Florida. Exactly. Same. Yeah. So, so check those two. I'm really, I'm really in, in column A or column B. You know, it's kind of depends on whatever you want to, whatever I want to focus on, I guess, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so fun little poll. Connecticut, uh, biggest stressor is the money or the money that the state is taking from people in Connecticut. Instead of taking it from all of our suggested taxations, what they're working on, they've, they've, we're there, I'm, I'm happy, we're almost there. 
we're almost there, but they're doing a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Sports book is good. I think what May is uh recreational purchases are actually going to be available now. Were we talking well, about yeah, that, that the whole marijuana? Happen. It feels like it's yeah. like they approved it so long ago that it should already have should already be going on. Yeah, it's just like it's so. When we talked about that, I was like, yeah, you can have it, but when now we're driving, yeah, you, know, you can have it, but you can't. There's no place to sell it or no place to buy it except for medicine. And you're like, great, so I'm still going to drive to Massachusetts. I'm still going to pay the taxes in Mass. I'm going to come back here and smoke it in Connecticut. Why? Yeah, why? When, like, eventually, it'll happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the tax on. But that. yeah, I thought I thought it was May. That was one that was coming over. When we were going to the, the recreational because it was Property in July. Taxes, with all these new sale prices, they're they're going up. Not yeah. Not that they uh, aren't high enough. And property taxes in Connecticut are out of control. And as you know, as these uh, assessments in towns catch up and people's property taxes go up, that'll be one thing. I, I'm talking about things like the last few shows in the future that are going to push prices down. Connecticut specifically, uh, as you start to see that, you'll actually see some people be like, "What the heck's going on here? I got to sell." You know, if they're holding multiple properties or, you know, it goes too high, you'll see some people sell and that'll uh, potentially put push prices down as these taxes go up, property taxes. People haven't flinched the last couple of years, taxes, yeah. but. And you're not, you're not seeing, I mean, not that this is something that we look at a lot. You're not seeing mill rates move, right? You're just seeing assessments go up so much that the bills are just getting out of control. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen the assessments really go up all that much yet, but with the increase oh, yeah, in values. Yeah. The, uh, you know, next time they, you know, you will probably see that, and you're going to have some people not too happy if their assessment goes up. All right, real estate radio. We're coming right back. We got the rewind. We'll be right back. Ninety four nine News Now, stimulating talk. Radio 94.9 News Now, stimulating talk. This is Byron Lazine, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate, along with Pat Kenny from Barnum Plans. And Mike, we've got someone on the line that wants to talk about the state's biggest stressors. We went through the poll. There was, on this particular poll, six of them. They had money, work, COVID, family, relationships, and weather. But uh, we've got... Karen from North Stonington. How are you today? Hi, how are you? I found your study uh, very interesting, and I loved your show. And was oh, happy I caught more of it this morning. But um, <laughs> I was quite shocked that politics, or the overstimulation of the left and the right, hitting most of us who are in the middle, uh, was not in that top six. And Money and uh, work and just all of that is connected to politics. COVID is connected to politics. And I was surprised that wasn't on the list because I know that's a big stressor for me of being stuck in between the left and the right, just bickering all the time. 
Well, Karen, I think yeah. an important point is we didn't conduct the study. Yeah, that wasn't our study. We're just referring that's, to it. So that's, so that's step number one. I think that's, that's number one. Number two, to be totally fair, and I think you recall this because I know you've, you've listened, we don't politicize stuff here, Karen. This is not the political show. That's the rest of the station. We just, uh, we are just here just to try to spread the love and spread some good news. I thought it was interesting that politics was not in that top six. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, probably I mean, right probably because right. Uh, you know a lot of a lot of people will let that will let that get to them. I think the particular poll we use, he, I guess, he's just trying to keep it light. I don't know. It is interesting yeah. though. I, I see what you're saying because if you're you know if you're following mainstream news for that kind of stuff, then it's easy to it's easy to get crazed up about it. You know these these. Uh, I don't follow you for that. I I really enjoy your your real estate <laughs> segments and thought, oh, this is an interesting topic today, and just figured I'd give you a call to say my number one stressor would be the bombardment of politics in our life these days. Yeah, I yeah. I, I can see that for sure. Well, I I appreciate the call, and I think you make a very valid point. I, I bet you a lot of people feel the same way. Exactly. Karen, have a great have a great weekend. You, you too. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Karen, we're, we're going to continue to offer respite from all that political nonsense. We're well, I think be she, here. She, she makes a valid point. I, I know a lot, of, a lot of people are a little bit too much wrapped up into it. You know, the, the like what she was saying, the left and the right stuff. But um, then, there, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are just getting riled up out there. They're just looking. They're looking for it. They're just out there trying to find find a thing. You're like, all right, we got listen. We got an hour of, of none of that here. We're just we're just here to spread the good news, do the good work. Right, and we, we've got a little bit of a rewind here. We got some real Ooh. estate rewind. The one team at William Ravis Real Estate rewind for the last week. Let's jump into a pat. We had eight new listings trying to help with that low level of inventory, but we put fifteen under contract. So we put eight on. Tooketh. 15 away. And you said tooketh? Tooketh. You did. You did. I thought for a second you went biblical for I was like, wow, all right. <laughs> Good. I like it. And then we had four closings. All right. So the eight new listings. Four Cornell Court in Gales Ferry. Put that on for $425,000. This is a 24, almost 2,500 square foot colonial on a cul-de-sac, stainless steel kitchen, beautiful property, and you can get that for four hundred twenty-five thousand. Four bed, two and a half bath, built in '86, six Cornell Court in Gales Ferry, Ledger. Uh, we also listed six Flannery Row in East Hampton for four hundred ninety-nine thousand. We got an open house over there tomorrow from eleven to one. This is almost 2,900 square feet, three bed, two and a half bath, built in 2005. Spectacular colonial, also on a cul-de-sac. Just under 500,000 in East Hampton. 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford. We just listed for 899,000. This one will be open tomorrow from 11 to 3, four-hour open house, three-car garage, five bed, four and a half bath. 5661 on the square footage, 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford. 
Not messing around on that one, PK. That's a that's a solid bit of house right there. Fifty six hundred square feet. Whew. Yeah. Five Holmes Road, Holmes Farm Road in Newtown. Uh, piece of land, two point seven acres for one hundred seven. Uh, I'm sorry, one hundred ninety thousand dollars. So you can build your dream home on this cul-de-sac. In a beautiful subdivision, one hundred ninety thousand dollars, two point seven acres in Newtown. Uh, we have, we listed ninety two Main Street, Unit four hundred eight in Deep River for two hundred thirty nine nine. That one I believe is under contract. Twenty Tur- Church Lane, twenty Church Lane, Unit thirteen in East Lime, two hundred fifty nine nine. It's a condo and two bed, two and a half bath, just about fourteen hundred square feet, built in eighty eight. Under $260,000 getting into East Lime. Awesome deal there. 196 Butler Town Road in Waterford. We listed for $384.9. Uh, and this one did go under contract the week it was listed. So that one is pending a sale. 20 Hillwood Drive in Niantic on for $319,900. Nice little single family, 2,700 square feet also now pending under contract. All right. The other 14, 15 under contracts that we had this week for the one team were in Waterford, East Lime, Deep River, Groton, Hamden, Killingworth, Monroe, Meriden, Stonington, North Branford, Griswold, Portland, Southbury, Madison, and Milford. So those are the 15 under contracts the team the number one team in Connecticut put together this week and closings. We had four of them in Brantford, Wallingford, Wallingford, and Thomaston. That is your one team rewind for the week. And we've got some open houses, Pat, to today until three o'clock. Started at 11, go until three, 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford. 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford. That's 5,600 square feet. 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford. Just listed that for $899, and it's open today until 3 o'clock. Give yourself enough time. That's a big house. It's going to take you a while to walk through there. So It's also open tomorrow, Sunday, 12 to 2. So 1255 Moose Hill Road in Guilford, open today until 3. And then it's also open... Tomorrow, if you miss today, from 12 to 2. We also have tomorrow, 11 to 1, 6 Flannery Row in East Hampton. That was uh, also a new listing, 6 Flannery Row in East Hampton. Just came on for four ninety nine. That's tomorrow from 11 to 1. Two beautiful single-family homes on the open house schedule. There you go. That's that's what we got for the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. The number one team still year to date, according to the Connecticut MLS, Pat, in units moved on the year. Even when you you contract more than you're able to list, you guys are taking your own inventory <laughs> off. It's uh it's amazing, man. So it's so it's it's a what you know what's what you guys are proving and your team proves over and over every week. It can be done. It can still be done, even in this in this real estate market. 
It can be done. It's definitely a challenging market for a lot of agents. You know, this is going to be a skill-based market. The agents with the skills in 2022 are going to be the ones that are really successful and agents lacking skills are going to have a tough time generating business. So we were talking about the haves and haves nots in Connecticut. Hmm. Uh, That's going to be true for Connecticut agents too. The gap is going to get wider this year uh, because of how little inventory there is. It's, uh, It's going to come down to the agents with really high level of skills and training I feel like resources and craft resources in this kind of world for the buyers. Yeah. I think have to be right. You have to, if you, I'm not saying that if you're, you know, one and done kind of, kind of team or, or agent, I just feel like I can't imagine in this market, just from what I've seen from, from your team trying to go this alone. Uh, like I, I can't, I can't even begin to understand how that's feasible. I couldn't ever imagine, uh, you know, a consumer working with an amateur, but in this market, (laughs) you definitely, don't want to make that mistake especially if you're out there searching for property man so all right real estate radio we got one more we're coming right back byron lazine pat kenny stay with us 94.9 news now stimulating talk Stay Radio, back for one more. Byron Lazine, the one team at William Ravis Real Estate. Pat Kenny, Barnum Plans. During the break, I just, I, you know, I'll, I'll toot the one team's horn real quick. These agents are agents on this team are just working their butt off, Pat. And mm. uh, I just wanted to check the updated numbers. I hadn't looked all week. I knew we had a big enough gap to make the claim that we are year to date the number one transaction team of any team in the entire state of Connecticut. But I just wanted to refresh the numbers, Pat, make sure I had them right. And the one team at William Ravis Real Estate is number one on the MLS year to date in total transactions, over 90 transactions. The next team is at 68. The next team's at 57 and a half. Then it gets down into the 30s. So the, the number one team is the one team by a large margin. Hence, Hence the name, Pat, the one team. Hmm. If you want number one results, hit me up. Byron at oneandcompany.com. B-Y-R-O-N at oneandcompany.com. O-N-E-A-N-D company.com. If you want second or third or last place results, don't hit me up. That's kind of how that goes. <laughs> if you want to work with a team that is only two thirds as good as the one team, and that's the next best option, then don't call yeah. Byron. There you go. <laughs> well, it would definitely help you out, get you situated. Crazy, um, crazy times, but the market's not crazy. Just got to know how to navigate it. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm, uh, I'm pretty glad that we've moved past that language. Uh, I try to be very conscious of it when it comes to, you know, the stock market as opposed to the housing market. But that's such a, such a, I don't know, I'm coward. I don't know. That's such like a, like a lame way to explain, you know, what's happening. Like, oh, things are crazy. Things are crazy. Yeah. All right. 
But what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Like, I, w- I want to buy a house. I don't care what's crazy. What What is happening? What do I do and how do you help me? Like, come on, stop, stop throwing crazy out there at me. No, the market's not crazy. The market is going to be challenging if you're a buyer with low inventory and you're going to want to work with somebody like you, Pat, said with resources, uh, access to a lot of deals that has options for you. That's willing to work it every single day for you. But crazy is what's going on on, on the other side of the globe right now. That's what's that's crazy stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think we talked about this you know, more than once. It's, it's you got to make sure that you find that person who, all right, listen, even if you call it crazy, fine. All right, fine, whatever. But help me navigate. Help me help me learn. Educate me. Help me get through it because I want to do it. And I want to, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being guided and coached and I'm going to be successful. You, you sent out a good letter to all of your clients. I received it on, on email in my inbox the end mm. of the week last yeah. week to well, annual take those crazy thoughts out of what's happening in, in the investment world. You want to recap any of those thoughts? Yeah. Why not? So, I mean, uh, a big piece of, of what we talk about, you know, long-term and I appreciate it, obviously just like in housing and in real estate and in mortgages and everything, obviously there's lots of caveats, right? And there's lots of exceptions to the rule. That's why the rule exists. But um, you know, the, the long, the long term, right? The, the, the client letter that we sent out, for instance, especially is, you know, the guiding principle and kind of the theme that we've been dealing with the last couple of years, to be fair, is, is it's okay to act, but don't react, right? Don't, don't follow the trend and the headlines and, and overshoot something. Um, you know, we, there was a speaker that we had hired some time back uh, to, to talk to us and, and some of our clients, and he shared something that I thought was interesting, which is um, he was a former military and, and he talked about how, uh, he wouldn't make uh, uh, take action or make a move until he had something he referred to as decision quality data. And I thought that was a great way to frame, like you can, I mean, think about the amount of information that we're flooded with all day long, realtors that post on social media, people who do you know, work in my living you know, and, and post this return and this stock did this and whatever. And there's no reference, there's no context, there's nothing. You don't have enough information to make a decision. And you don't have decision quality data. And, and, you know, we try to coach a lot of our clients through, you can't respond to a headline. And while the declines certainly sting and depending on where you, you know, where you look and how long they're, they're they can be deep. I mean, you know, uh, March of 2020 was 36% from high to low during the COVID crash. That was terrifying. If you were involved at all, it, the one year return, the end of that full 12 months was 74%. And the length of that drawdown was 23 days. So it took 23 days to go from high to low, 36%, I'm sorry, 34%. And then in 129 days, we were right back to where we were. That's four months. Four months, that's it. Not even, three and a half months. Like, that's it, because it's market days, right? So it's not like, it's not calendars. But I, I understand it hurts. I understand it stings and it's scary. But there's historically there's always a reason not to invest and there's, and you'll always be wrong because every time we say this is different or this is not the same, or this has never happened before. Absolutely. It's totally unprecedented. March of 2020, a global pandemic was a hundred year crisis. Absolutely. And there's always a crisis, whether it's 
COVID-19, uh, the 1990s recession, the stock market crash on Black Friday in the 80s, um, you know, the, the dot-com bubble, the mortgage crash. There's always a crisis. There always is. And it always recovers, right? The temporaries are, I'm sorry, declines are temporary unless you sell. Well, once, you don't want to sell today. Because once you've sold, now you've lost. Yeah. And we you don't want to sell today. Clients. I mean, I do... I do look a couple months ago when I'm like, oh, there's a, I see a lot of people out there talking about, you know, they're liquidating their portfolio. They can, they can see the cliff is coming. I always just never do. I just sit there like a turd on a log, <laughs> don't do anything. But, you know, I wish I would have sold my Tesla hmm. and then got back in now, you know, but. Listen, if you figure out how to time the market, you and I are no longer doing this radio show. We're going to go sit on a beach in Tahiti and hang out. I know. Yeah, I don't ever time the market because I don't ever sell. I just... The only time I will sell a stock is like when it's so high, I'm like selling it to buy something else. um, And then I sit on that. I never sell them when I'm down. And I really never... You know, if I'm buying something else, it's usually I'm buying something high because the whole market's high, you know? You want to hear like a, you want to hear one of my favorite crazy stats, and you I mean you saw it, but um, S and P five hundred January first nineteen eighty was one hundred and six points. Right, so one hundred and six points nineteen eighty. We closed December thirty first of twenty twenty one from one hundred and six in nineteen eighty to four thousand seven hundred and sixty six. Forty two years average return without dividends annualized was north of 12% every 12% year. a year. Every year. Just what, what's the S&P at right now? What did it close out last week? Uh, let me take a look. I just changed screens because, of course, I was busy researching other topics to tell you. Hang on. We closed yesterday at 43.84. So we're down, okay. I think, year to date, we're down uh, about 8% off the, off the high at the end of 21. I told you about that all-in podcast that I've been listening mm. to. David Sachs. Yep, Friedberg, J. Cal, that whole group. yeah. I've gotten a couple of those in now. I haven't I haven't listened to all of them, but I've got do a you like of them it? In. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I mean, some of it to be told, like full disclosure, some of it feels a bit disconnected. Like well, some of the, these guys you know, are like billionaire. Yeah. So so some of it you can tell they're like, oh yeah, you know, like I wouldn't have bought that company. I would have bought this company. I'm like, right. Yeah. Okay. Like good, like, good observation. Makes total sense. Not everyone's <laughs> talking about deals with three commas yeah. in them. Just yeah, they're not. They're not talking about like buying the stock. They're talking about buying the company. Mm. So it's interesting to just. What I do like about that podcast, Pat, is it's four billion. They all have private jets. They're billionaire level investors, but they are having a conversation like they're, you know, four guys that put their pants on one leg at a time. You know, yeah, if you just yeah, exactly. If you take you know take six zeros off of their balance sheets, and and that's the same conversation as you know more of an average. Well, maybe maybe more than six zeros in some other cases, but yeah, I mean, and most like you know, and it's funny, right? Because like conceptually, and, and even like the topics, they, I like a lot of what they talk about, and like their their concepts are really you know they're they're just playing at a different level. I do it's, like listening to to their you know their thoughts on politics because they they keep it right down the middle. If if you are interested in you know, I know. Uh, we had a caller who she said, you know, she gets stressed about politics. I think when you're watching CNN or Fox News, you can get stressed pretty easily. Uh, 
but when you're listening to these guys that they're pretty much right down the middle, it's pretty fascinating. Um, but anyways, the reason I brought that back, that podcast up was Chamath said recently that he believes the S and P 500 will hit 3,800 and that'll be the bottom. Mm. Obviously total speculation. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. And so we're at, we're at 44. So that'd be a pretty big drop. We're at 42 yeah. or 44. 44, 40, 43 and the four, change. Uh, 4385. So call it 44 for round numbers. So if it does go to 3,800, that'd be a pretty big drop. So he's speculating that there's going to be more uh, down days coming on the S&P for whatever that's worth. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, thinking, he's thinking 500 points off of 4,400. So I mean, he's thinking 12, 13. I mean, he's looking at not crash, but you know, right in between crash and correction. On you some know, of these... Big companies that haven't dropped yet. Obviously, Facebook's already dropped a lot, so maybe he's not talking about them in particular. But yeah, but but stay tuning into this show because we'll keep you informed on your money and your real estate every single week. If you got to connect with Pat this week on your money, go to BarnumPlans.com. BarnumPlans.com. Connect with Pat Kenny. If you have any real estate needs, you can email me Byron at One and Company. Or you can go to the one team wr.com. And if you'd like for me to pay for your real estate license so you can get into the game, help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate, go over to realestateagentscholarship.com, realestateagentscholarship.com. Thank you to Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist for always sponsoring the show. The Martin Quick little Martin. happy shout out to our boy Dougie Braun. Birthdays in two days. Big Dougie Fresh, 75. Doug Braun, happy birthday, brother. Thank you, Mike, over at 94.9. Thank all of you guys. We'll see you guys next week live, 11 a.m., Real Estate Radio, every Saturday. Salon Buick GMC 